It was amazing to uh, be able to sit with uh, Amelda over Zoom. Um, she, she would love to have been here, but she's isolating with her son right now. So she'd love to be here physically, but she was here with us via Zoom. And Amelda is an incredible, godly, faith-filled servant woman in our town. And, and so let's, I pray we can continue to pray for them. And if you can, how, how can we continue to get involved or get involved? Uh, with things like that in our town. Uh, such, such a great example of service in our town. So, so thank you, Imelda, if you're watching. <laughs> Again. So we're talking about service, holy habits. We're going on in the series, and we're talking about the holy habit of serving this morning. We're like six more to go. Karen's on next week, and uh, we have other people. Suzanne's going to be speaking to us in Alley in the future. Um, but this, this incredible series, I think especially in this time, of what the habits and the patterns are. As our habits and patterns are totally disrupted, what the holy ha- habits and patterns of life are. So, so it's serving this morning. And before I start talking about this, well, as I start talking about this, I want to tell you a story that I, that I think puts the, both sides of the coin of service into perspective. So, as you guys know, well, as, as some of you know, uh, uh, I used to work for The Edge, where Stan works right now and Claire worked and uh, this was 18 to 15 years ago, a while, a while ago. And with Stan and, and Claire and Niall and Dave and, and different people, uh, we took groups of young people. Gary, I think, was there. We took groups of young people to Romania every summer. And these trips and this project and that time was such a learning time for me. But one of the most profound things I learned was as I watched young people serve and and what happened with it. So we'd take them every summer and they'd throw themselves into a couple weeks of camp into serving orphans, uh, kids in state care in Romania. And uh, at the end of the week, we we were at this communist Boy Scout camp in the mountains and at the end of the week we'd always come back into the town and we'd do a debrief about the week and we'd ask them, you know, what were the challenges? What was hard about it? What was difficult? What would you have liked to have seen done better? What was fun? What did you enjoy? What did you, you know, what was the best part about it? And the amazing thing was that every time you didn't, in these debriefs, you didn't hear anything about the challenges. You didn't hear anything about what they, what they found difficult. You didn't hear anything about what they hated or what they would rather do better. All you heard was, that was amazing. That was the best week of my life. I, I, I never realized that I could serve someone in that way. I never realized that I could care for someone in that way. I, I've never felt such like purpose and, and hope and life. I, I've never felt loved by these like kids I don't even know, like hugging them and arms around them. And that's all you'd hear every time. Joy, hope, life, literally those words. And it was after, I think, two or three years of going during this debrief that it hit me. And I remember interrupting one of these meetings and saying, guys, I'm just blown away here. Because what I realize is that what you guys are saying and what you're experiencing is a glimpse of what Jesus calls abundant life. And there's more to it than that. And of course, we talked about the rest of the death and resurrection and life of Jesus. But what you guys are talking about is a glimpse of, of the life he's called us to and the abundance that comes out of that. The joy, the hope, the peace, the life. As you've given your time, as you've given your energy for these kids in need that you don't even know. 
But there's the other side to it because the reality was if we would have told those guys of the challenges of the week before they signed up and ticked the box and gave us their whatever 100, 200 pound deposit, there's no way they would have ever come with us. If we would have told them, well, first of all, that you can't smoke, or you got one cigarette a week and you have to walk about a kilometer to smoke it because we don't want the kids seeing you smoking. Sorry, kids, if you're watching. If we would have told them that they had to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and work all day and not get back into bed till 11 o'clock at night exhausted, if we would have told them about the old run-down communist camp that, that was um, damp and the beds stunk and the blankets don't even use them, they were the horrible. If we would have told them about the really hot days and the really cold nights, if we would have told them that they can't have chicken and chips for, for every meal, that the, that the chicken was batted out on a big stump before they gave it to you. And, and if we would have told them those things, they would, I guarantee they would have never, and we told them, we, we had to tell them about smoking and that's the rules and if you're going to come, this is. But if we would have told them most of those things, they would have never come with us. But at the end of the week, even though they went through all of those things, all they said was, it was amazing. Hope-filled, passion-filled, life-filled. This is what it's all about. And as I thought about that this week, thinking about serving, I thought that mission trips, which we've all been on, and which are not a picture of real life. Life happens so much longer than that and, and, and not as um, compact and powerful as that. But there's such a, uh, a picture of the reality of both sides of service. Of the incredible blessing of service, but also the real challenge of service. And so I, I hope that helps us with perspective as we look at that today because as we look at serving, as we talk about serving, as we think through these holy habits, the reality is that serving, I was going to say almost more than anything else, but these are all so important, but serving was and is absolutely foundational, fundamental to the life and to the mission of the church. Acts 2, 42 and 45 says this. And Ali read this last week, and there's overlap between this and next week. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. And they sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need, to serve into the lives of everyone who had need. And Ali talked about this last week with giving. But this isn't just about selling property and chuck 20 quid, 20 quid, 20 quid. There you go, go get yourself something. The life of the early church was about taking all these things and then actually getting into the lives and serving people in need. In fact, we, we jump ahead, just this is Acts 2, or, but just in Acts 6, we jump ahead into the, into the story of the widows being fed. And we find out that the, the, the apostles and, and the first followers of Jesus, the first few thousand, were feeding so many widows. There was such massive queues of widows that they were missing some of them out. So, so serving was actually becoming a problem. You know, these people were saying, you're missing out our widows or you're serving them last. And these people were saying, well, you're not serving our widows. And, and so there was tension created because of the service. So they could have gone, well, listen, forget that. We have a message to speak. 
Forget serving. That's way too difficult. And people just complain when you do it. But we know they didn't do that. Instead, they actually said, no, this is so important that we're actually going to set up these people. We're going to call them deacons. That's, I think the church should use that word for thousands of years. And they're actually, this is so important that they're actually going to coordinate our service. They're going to coordinate the way we help these widows and those orphans and these people. We are not going to stop doing this. We are going to organize how we do this. Serving people was foundational, was fundamental in the life and the mission of the church right from the start. And, and I think we go one of two ways. We're all about service, 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 service. Or the other side of it is we're all about tell. Now that social action stuff, that's, that's not true Christianity. Let's just preach the gospel. But the reality is, and what I need to remember when I flip to one side or the other of this, and what we need to remember is that the, the mission of the church from day one was serve and tell. Paul serve and tell. All the believers held everything in the common and they sold what they have to give to, to serve the poor. <clears throat> Jesus said in John 13, 35 this, they will know you are mine because of your eloquent speech. Because you were great at standing up there talking that one time. Because you gave such huge amounts of money. No, they will know that you are mine because of your love. Paul, remember that. They will know you're mine because of your love. And it was great seeing Imelda and hearing her story. And it's kind of easy sometimes to talk about this from a professional perspective. That's my job. But the challenge as I go to speak about this, preach about this, teach about this, is, is it's something we actually don't like to tell the story of very often. Because A, we don't like to brag. You know, I served that person and I was so good. We, we don't like to appear as, as pr proud about these things. But the other side is we don't want to tell the stories about the people we served because we don't want them to seem vulnerable. We don't want them to seem weak. We don't, so some of the best things we do as individuals and as the church, we don't, we don't want to tell the stories of. So maybe we just need to whisper them <laughs> to each other. Because I was thinking about this, I, I bet you if you think of any story of transformation you've seen, a friend, a family member, a colleague, real transformation of life, real new life in Christ. I bet you the parallel story to that transformation was connection and love and helping or serving that person. I bet almost every time that was the story that ran alongside it. And, you know, we look at the Bible story. Well, you know, it's not the cues, just our service and what that looks like isn't, isn't the cues of widows or orphans lining up at the door of St. Coleman's or the edge or whatever. The, the story, well, I suppose the reality is, is the call that you make to talk.
talk to the person. The story is, can I help you out with that when you're in need? Can I? I see you're busy this week, or you're doing that, or you're doing this. Can I bring you over some food? You've got this real issue going. Can you tell me about it? Can I listen? Can I talk through it? But that story almost always runs alongside transformation. And I saw that so clearly in my friend Levy, which I've told you about so many times, but you know when you have that clear example, it's the thing that rings to your head every time you talk about an ex- a topic like this. But my friend Levy was a long and winding road, like 17 years or something I knew him. And he's a great guy, amazing guy, but he was one of the kids that originally we helped out in Romania. Then we had him over to our house one Christmas here, our first, now he lives in Dublin, and, and relationship and talking and, and helping him with different things in need. And he's painted us amazing pictures in our house. And then after this long and winding road of relationship, as I said, about a year ago, Levy finally says, Paul... I see what you have and I want it. In fact, I need it. I need you to help me find God. Right out of the blue. It was a text one day. But that wasn't right out of the blue because I just said something. This was after this long and winding road. And that's the challenge because it's often a long road. But Paul, I remember the mission of your life and the mission of church is always serving and telling together. So what I want to do, and I want to do this quickly with us, is I want to just give us three um, things today. <laughs> three encouragements, I suppose, that, that I, I pray will help us to go in, into this week with, um, not new, because this is not new, but renewed vigor to be servants of this message of God. And these are the three things. So I'll tell you, and then I'll tell you about them, then I'll tell you. That's the way to teach, right, Vanessa? (laughs) So these are the three things. Serving can be tough. Let's continue to be real again and again and again. Serving can be tough. It can be hard. Number one, serving is good for you. We're going to get into, this is science. It's not just Jesus' words. Serving is good for you. And hugely, most importantly, Serving is the way of the king. It's the way of the God of the universe. Okay? So serving can be tough. Serving is good for you. And serving is the way of the king. So here we go with the, with the beautiful, easy, gentle words of Jesus. Serving can be tough. Jesus said in Matthew 5, and it's not going to come up there, Matthew five forty one, If anyone forces you to go one mile, I want you to go with them two miles. <laughs> So not if someone asks, but if someone actually says to you, you need to help me, you need to serve me, and I want you to help me this much, Jesus said, no, 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 no. Don't just help them that much. I want you to help them double. That's the call of the gospel. It goes on. In Matthew 20, Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. That's pretty harsh, but he, he actually goes on. Whoever wants to become first among you, whoever wants to not just become great, whoever wants to become the greatest must be your slave. So I want to be great servant. I want to be greatest slave. This is the clear teaching of Jesus. But it goes on and on and on. But in Luke 10, 37, or in Luke 10, we get the whole story. Um, but the story of the Good Samaritan. And so the, Jesus said, 
you know, what are the greatest commandments? The guy said, love, love your neighbor, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what does that mean? And he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And the story is that guy he should hate, that guy he doesn't even know. He sees him on the side of the road. He doesn't just stop and, oh, get up and, you know, go and walk. No, he stops. He helps him with his wounds. He lifts him up. He puts him on his donkey. He takes him to an inn. He goes out of his way to take him to an inn. And then he gives the innkeeper money and care to care for this guy. And then he says, and in fact, if it goes beyond this, I'm going to come back next time I'm on my way through and I'm going to give you more money to pay for anything to take care of this guy. Jesus uh, did not hold punches. He did not hold back in his call for us to serve. And then the thing he says time and time again. But what I want you to do is not just hear this story, not just hear this teaching, but go and do likewise. And that's the challenge. And that's the challenge as I think about last week. <laughs> and that's the challenge as I think about going into this week. That the message of the gospel, the, miss, the mission of Jesus is serve and tell and that's costly and that's time and that's energy and that's emotion and that's discomfort and that's stepping into someone else's out of my comfort zone because by definition I'm stepping into someone else's world I'm stepping into someone else's problems I'm stepping into someone else's zone but Jesus says it time and time and time again. But, then he also says this thing in the, in the middle of it and on the back of all this stuff. John 10.10, 10, we've heard it so many times. For serve, serve, give, give. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Serve, give, it costs. But I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. And, and I, I suppose the one thing I, I don't want to do this morning is, is you to think that, so this talk, this sermon is all about the way to Jesus' life is about serving. That's it. That's, that's, that's the whole thing to do. I, I, I definitely want to be clear that that's not the answer. The ultimate answer is the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of sin and for eternal and, and hope-filled life with God. That's, that's the huge answer. But in the midst of this, we definitely get a glimpse of abundant life. This is the story I saw so clearly in Romania. We get a glimpse of abundant life just through the teaching of service of Jesus. And this is what I love. And Ali talked about it last week is that what Jesus called us to, challenged us to 2,000 years ago, is now like such an easy thing to prove by Googling. So Google, how does serving help me? Or 10 benefits of serving. Or I, I want to be a better person. How can I? Google anything about serving. And you'll get so many articles. I found one this week, though, that just summarized it all. So University College London um, produced an article in April of this year, April 2020. 
and summarizing all the science behind this. And the article was called 10 Benefits of Helping Others. Is this the answer to all your life problems? No, joking. But the, the key to it was this. It said, helping others has a positive effect on the stress and reward centers of your brain. So, me helping you lowers my stress and increases my sense of reward in my brain. How cool is that? How cool is, is God's design of chemistry in our brain? And so it gave us this. These are the 10 things that all the science points to. Number one, helping others feels good. It's that dopamine. It's that, that positive feel-good energy. Helping others gives you a sense of purpose. This is what I heard again and again with kids in Romania. Helping others keeps things in perspective. Well, if that person needs something that I can help me with, then my, my, my life's not so bad. Helping others can help you live longer. There's correlation between a life of service and longevity of life, including eternal life. Helping others, here's a cool one, will give you a sense of renewal. And they actually talked about a sense of feeling to be made new. How cool is that? Helping others will boost your self-esteem. Helping others will help you become a, a glass half full person. It keeps, it goes on. Here's a great one. Helping others creates a sense of belonging. It builds community. Helping others creates stronger friendships. And to top it all off, helping others is contagious. So the more we help, or the more we hang around people who help, the more we want to, and the more other people will want to help. I love, and Ali said this last week, and we've said this time and time again, that the ways of God are not just the ways of life for Christians. They're, they're glimpses of life for anyone who walks into them. But they also point us to the greater life. Serving can be tough. Let's face it, Jesus called us to tough stuff. But serving spiritually and scientifically is good for you. It's unquestionably. Google says it, so it must be true. But this is the most important one of all. Serving is the way of the king. Not just a king, but the king. Jesus started his life as a baby, obviously, but very soon as a refugee to Egypt and back, fleeing persecution. He then, as a man, entered his missional life at 30 as a homeless person. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And he fed people, 4,000, 5,000. And he healed people in all sorts of different places. And he literally spent every moment of his life. In fact, when he didn't want to spend moments serving people, he had to go away to lonely and destitute places just to have some time with his father. He spent every moment of his life giving and serving the needs of the, the most broken and destitute people in society. And then the King of Kings and Lord of Lords served us by giving his life, 
by going through a trial of mocking of a, of a prisoner, of a criminal, and then dying on a cross. And we know that story. But we have to grasp it in our head again and again and again. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords was first and foremost a servant. Philippians 2, 6 to 8 says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by becoming, by taking the very nature of a servant. King, God, who spoke and light and seas and mountains and birds and animals and people became a servant and was obedient to death on a cross. And I pray, Spirit, help us to not hear the just that on repeat as if we've heard it a thousand times, but help us to hear the reality of our servant God. Serving is the way of our King. Serving is tough. But it's the call again and again and again. The mission of the church is to serve and to tell. But serving's good. <laughs> Jesus wasn't joking when he said, I'm here to give you life and heaven to the full. And even if you don't even know me, you're going to get a glimpse of this as you follow. But I want you to know me. But serving is also the way of our King. So what I want to do is just as, as we go, as we stop, we're about to sing another song, is, is to give us all a challenge for this week. And I'm not saying you, we haven't served. This is not, I hope we're serving already. But as we go into this week and this, these months ahead that are going to be tough for a lot of people, especially as the weather gets bad, how can we be a people that serve? So this week... Who around you needs support? Maybe there's already a name in your head. Or maybe you need to say, God, I, I don't see this. I'm, I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't know who around me needs support. So can you please help me find out somehow or just reveal a name to me? Who around you needs support? I think amazingly one of the most important things we can do right now, because we're so limited, is just to pick up the phone and say it actually ask, how are you doing? No, no, how are you really doing? But even, even just pick up the phone to talk and to listen, that's going to be so important for connection. My father-in-law said to me just this past week, he said, this is an, COVID is an amazing opportunity for the church because he said, it's the perfect storm to simply let 
people know that we care. And I thought, wow, that's so true. So who around you needs support? Two, what do you need help with? I was thinking about this. One of the best areas, ways to build community and to allow service is to admit that you need to be served. What a great end to someone's life. And I don't mean it that in that manipulative way, but someone's more likely to serve and love serving because, oh, if Paul needed something, then, then I can help or I, I can ask him how I can help. But until that barrier is bridged, until that um, stigma is broken down, people don't reach into other, uh, each other's lives. So how do you need help? And can you be courageous enough to ask for it? The simplest things or the hugest things. I love 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Again and again, I pray this. God, your grace is sufficient for me. For your strength is made perfect in my weakness. The reality and the power of God is seen so clearly in our weakness. And when, and when we reach out because of our weakness. Who needs support? What do you need help with? And the mission of the church is serve and tell. God, give us courage to speak. 1 Peter 3.15 says this. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. To give a reason for the love that you have. To give a reason for the care that you showed. To give a reason for why you showed up today. To give a reason for what you're doing in my life when I don't even know you. Always be ready not to preach some awesome sermon but just God help us just give the reason that we're doing this give the reason why I'm here but do this with gentleness and respect lessons for me this week serving can be difficult let's, let's just deal with the reality of that and God help me get past the obstacles that are always in my face Serving is good for me once we get past those. And serving is the way of the king. Yeah, so Father, help us know your way. Like, bring to our mind the life of Jesus and the incredible example he was. And help us follow you in it, I pray.